But I've been told. I don't know, but I've been told. Bass Edge Radio's a good download. Bass Edge Radio's a good download. That's right, Bass Edge Radio brought to you by MegaWare Keelguard, proud sponsor since 2006. Protect your boat from grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete boat ramps. Be sure to visit them at keelguard.com. Hey, Aaron, we got an awesome show coming up. Let's get this on the road, or should I say, on the water. know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. Keelguard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. Keelguard keel protectors. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the PowerPole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, PowerPole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, PowerPole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong current or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. PowerPole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. Bass Edge Radio. In three, two, one. You're listening to The Edge. Everything bass fishing. Coming to you nationwide from the Bass Edge Studios. Well, hey, Bass Edge Nation. Hopefully you like that little intro right there. I'm sure you're wondering why. Yeah, I was wondering why. Actually, Kurt, why are you having me repeat a cadence? uh, Hey, man, it's the drill sergeant in our anglers. So little tee up for our Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight today. So it was in the spirit of an angler. So listen on and you will find out. All right. Well, speaking of which, since we're not going to divulge all the information, I got a little game for you. I'm going to give you three things things and you have to guess what genre of websites that I was looking at in these, okay? And remember, okay. we are a PG-13, um, <laughs> you, you know, episode here. So I've got the hog farmer trimmering hog ties. That's your okay. clue number one. Right. The next one is drop shot rabbit fur. And then the best one is the uh. Asylum Bait Company, Hyper Hair. Oh, goodness. Aaron, you know, just because we're a family show, I'm going to just say that it was a fishing site, maybe the Bass Blaster. Although I'm sure mine's were ding, wandering ding, 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 all ding. over the place. Exactly. I would love to be able to like tap in there to your brain and because I guarantee you I know where your brain went right off the bat. Oh, you're terrible. You're always bringing up those silly things. Hey, Bass Blaster, they've got all the gadgets, all the hair going crazy all over with Jay Kumar's Bass Blaster. Also, Jay puts a little note on the latest blaster. I know a lot of people are forwarding the uh, blaster email to their buddies and bass clubs. Hey, look, you know, you can't get every email unless you signed up for the blaster. So it's bassgold at bassblaster.com. Make sure you sign up and get 
the blaster. And you get the hog farmer flying chicken. And it's one of the best daily reads in BASS anywhere. Let me just repeat the email. It's BassBlaster at BassGold.com. Sign up, get it, Bass Blaster. Learn about all those crazy things Aaron just talked about. Lots of hair everywhere. So Aaron, before we came on, you wanted to tell me a little story. I said, hey, look, tell me the story on air. What's your story? Give it to me. All right. A couple weeks ago, I know, Kurt, you know this. I participate in quarter midget sprint car racing. So we had the last race of the event. It was mid-October. It's actually a couple hours away from my house. And I have an eight by 20 foot box trailer that I have to pull. And I leave that kind of out in the country on a farm that we have that's out there. So I'm transporting this thing, you know, dropping it off. And it's like midnight, right? So I'm going through the gate, kind of shining my flashlight around, trying to figure out where I can park it because it's changed a little bit since I've been there. Didn't want it to be in anybody's way. Pull back onto the road just outside of the city limits, pulling back into Sullivan, Missouri, a town that I'm very familiar with. You know, there's this truck setting off in this lot at the four-way stop and my buddy's with me and so we go ahead and go on through the stop sign legally, mind you, and this truck comes flying in behind me and my buddy's like, man, was that an unmarked state patrol? And I'm like, no, you know, there's a lot of uh, volunteer fire department people that, you know, serve and, and devote their time and they put light bars on their personal vehicles. So I'm thinking that's what it is. Well, I no more than got those words out of my mouth. And of course, the cherries come on. And I said, well, I guess that answers that question, right? You know, <laughs> so I pull over and, and do my duty and, and roll down my window and my truck that I pull with. It has a lift kit on and dark window. So I roll my windows down, turn all my cab lights on. I have my license registration and license uh, sitting there out the window when they approach because obviously I have all the spotlights on me. Up walks this gentleman. And he says, you know, I'm conservation agent so-and-so. And I'm thinking, conservation agent? Why am I being pulled over by a conservation agent, right? Long story short, he goes through the story, asks where I've been, what route I've taken, do I have any alcohol, guns, drugs, any of that type of stuff. He was looking in my vehicle. He walks back. 15 minutes later, comes back and he said, do you have any clue of why you're being pulled over? And I said, absolutely none and certainly not by a conservation agent. He said, well, we have a plane in the air and your vehicle was identified as spotlighting deer in a field. And I said, well, did your plane what? also? Yeah, no kidding, man. I'm like, well, did your plane also happen to tell you that I was pulling a 22 by 8 foot enclosed box trailer when I went through that gate and I did not have that attached when I came back out. Anyway, they asked if they could search the vehicle and of course I pleasantly obliged, but uh, of all people that gets pulled over for breaking a conservation rule that uh, they had a plane in the air at, at midnight, 1230. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah, it is, isn't it, man? And you could just tell they were salivating. They really thought that I was going to drop that tailgate or I was going to be packing guns and everything else. And, and the funny thing is, is Matt Wilson was in there who's done a lot of work with Bass Edge, had all of his camera equipment and drones and everything else. So that was a whole nother story to explain uh, what we were doing. So anyway, kind of a funny deal. So no deer, just going to the races and he just trying said, to get home. Yeah. They had a plane and they saw the light, you know, they were flying and uh, could see this light off in the distance. And they basically put up this sting operation. And when them, they were pulling in to try to beat me to this intersection to think that I was trying to get out of Dodge with, I guess, a, a poached deer. So uh, hats off, I guess, to the conservation agent for working uh, late hours, but it was the wrong guy. Well, good message there for Bass Edge Nation to uh, be sure you're on the up and up because you never know <laughs> when Big Brother is watching. Well, good stuff. Hey, really appreciate you sharing that information. I'll be sure to keep my spotlights in my house. Yeah, when you're going to go to, you're, you're going to use night vision goggles uh, now. I can, uh, I can tell you. You're going to change your ways. You're going to change your ways. So uh, we've got to move right along, though. This has been a uh, great opening segment, and it's time to get into some fishing tips from protecttheharvest.com. 
First by land and now by sea. For years, Lucas Oil has been a staple in high-performance vehicles on both the road and track. Now, from the makers of Lucas Oil comes Lucas Marine products, specifically engineered for marine applications. Protect and lubricate your marine inboard, outboard, or high-performance boat with Lucas Marine Engine Oil or Lucas Synthetic-Based Oil. Learn more about the complete line of Lucas Oil and marine products. Visit lucasoil.com. segment is brought to you by protecttheharvest.com keeping our traditions alive for future generations fishing swim baits with brad knight when fishing swim baits what is your preferred real gear ratio when i'm fishing swim baits i want to keep a six four to one gear ratio i use a loose heavy duty reel the reason for that is, is i don't want to be winding my baits really fast the key with the swim bait is a pretty slow presentation and making those fish follow that as far as they can. It's all about them watching the bait, and they're going to track it for a long way sometimes. It's just the same as a spinner bait and a crankbait. You don't want to be burning it as hard as you can to the boat. You know, every now and again, that might be the thing, but for me, it's 99.9% of the time. That's uh, the slower the line, the better. The Edge Pro Tip from protecttheharvest.com. Thanks, Brad. Two fishermen came together with one agenda to construct bass boats superior in design and build with a flawless finish with our boats exhilarating handling and smooth ride extreme rough water just doesn't exist we're not just building a boat we're building a legend legend boats down to the wire and need to make decisions to seal the deal. No one better to talk to than this pro angler. Major League Fishing and FLW Tour Pro James Watson is in the house for this episode of the Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. Welcome to Bass Edge Radio, James. Thank you, guys. I appreciate this. Well, James, it's great to have you. And, you know, Kurt, we can talk MLF, FLW, all you want. But James's latest victory was actually the BASS Open Series just a few weeks ago on my home lake of table rock congrats james on your second big national win it's got to be feeling pretty good about now it does feel good especially when you have such a crummy 16 months that i've had in the bass fishing world <laughs> welcome to my world try 20 years but uh, no hey reading all the literature about your win on the rock every day it was really down to the last three to four hours that you would catch all your fish how did that work really on your mental focus throughout the day and is it really how you expected to seal kind of your first major BASS win? Well, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and say it didn't mess with me because it did, but I knew without a doubt in my military mind that one o'clock rolled around is when I was going to do my damage and that anything before 10 a.m. was a bonus. And I knew that. I knew that coming in the tournament. Aaron, you know I've been here at Table Rock in the fall time, a threat at any time in the fall. I just know that time of the year that later in the day, then it starts to cook for me. Well, James, let's get right into that relationship of that event and the education of fall fishing. What are some of the patterns that you saw working for these fall patterns and are they typical patterns that anglers should look for in the fall months of the year? Any highland reservoir like Table Rock that has a rock bottom to it or has a rock substance in it somewhere, I like to focus on the bigger rock. 
in the flatter type pockets from main lake to longer creeks, some of the flatter water. And what happens in the early fall, especially around here, is we had a moon right on the tournament, a full moon the night before the tournament started. And uh, what happens in the early fall is you get a bluegill spawn. Not generally this late, but usually the moon before this. And it forces bass to get out of the deep water, around the shallow waters, and look for bluegills. They'll be singles, but most of the time they'll be wolf packs of bass. And this is all something that over the last six years I've really noticed here on Table Rock more than ever before. And just get to thinking about all the times we've spent fishing real tough water in September, October, Table Rock. And I wish I would have figured this out a long time ago. But you got to look for that bigger rock. you got to look for those big pots of bluegill up on the bank that have just spawned. You gotta also look for what we call grizzlies, the big gizzard shad. And you'll see a pack of gizzard shad. There might be three, four, five, six, or ten, but they're all 10 to 15 inches. So when you start seeing them roam and work their way back in pockets and coves and stuff, that's when the fall bite, in my opinion, is super good. So, with the fish being so scattered in the early fall behavior patterns, and like you speak of those big gizzard shad being present, because that also holds true across a lot of those lakes in Missouri that you and I grew up fishing, what does it it really take environmentally to experience kind of the very best bass fishing that fall has to offer? Are you just covering water or how are you going about kind of breaking that down? Well, it's all about covering water because once you're catching shallow that time of year are not resident fish. They're roamers. They're up there, they're cruising the bank, and they're just looking for those big shad and they're looking for those bluegill. You could fish a mile of bank and then finally run into one. And you catch one, he might be by himself. You might have and come up with 10 others identical in size. So you've got to be hard-headed enough and confident enough to run, 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 and run, and run some more and not get caught up because you caught one here, turning the boat around and going back and fishing it again. Or I missed one here and turning the boat around and going fishing again. Because that bass that you missed is already 100 yards in any direction other than walking up on the bank. So, you know, in a multi-day tournament like the BASS Opens, did you go back to any of those same spots that you fished the day before? I only went back to a couple spots, one of them being the most windiest main lake long stretch of bank, knowing that it was impossible for me to cover it properly. The rest of it, I didn't recycle any water day after day. I'd give it a day's rest and then recycle because it takes a while for them bass to reload and get in pockets again. That's my opinion. I could be all wrong about this, but my confidence level is right where it needs to be this time of year. Well, I say you were pretty right on. <laughs> yeah, I think you pegged it. Let me ask you this, James. You talk about fishing new water as each day goes by. How do you pinpoint that water? Is that something that it's just because, you know, you spend a lot of time on Table Rock Lake? Is there something that you're looking at and your electronics that you're keying on that you can know once you're driving down the lake, okay, this is where I need to pull off because this has the right contours or is it something you're seeing on the bank? What's helping you notice that new water every day? Definitely the home field advantage. For me to sit here and tell you anything differently would be a crock of crap. I have the home field advantage. I know what the bottom structure is. I know where that big rock is. I'm looking for the big rock. And it might just be a small vein of big rock that runs off the bank. And again, it's not real super deep, steep banks. It's flatter coves and pockets and stuff like that with that big rock. And I had the home field advantage, which means I can run from State Park Marine all the way to Beavertown. Aaron, you know where that's at. Oh yeah, that's only about, what, 75 miles? Yeah, and never hit the 
same stretch of water in 16 days. So every spot I pulled up on in this tournament was a spot that I have caught a bass on, with the exception of the second day I caught my biggest fish, and the last day I caught my biggest fish down a 50-yard stretch that I have ever fished in my life, only because my buddy Robbie Dotson said, don't overlook that little part there one day we were practicing up here. Gotcha, that's pretty cool. So we've talked about, you know, the approach that you're taking and some of the behavioral patterns and fall. Now, let's talk a little bit about some of the techniques that you're utilizing to fish these locations. Obviously, you know, you read some of the literature, top water was a big deal for you. Go through your ways that you want to attack fall fishing in this particular situation. Well, I like to cover a lot of water, and there's only one way to cover water, and that's fast. You can old school, and Dave Rock is still an effective approach, but a multi-day tournament, and knowing that that window of opportunity was really late in the day, it didn't start at 11, it was more like one and on. You used to be able to catch a lot of fish, still can't catch a lot of fish on a super spook up on the bank, out on points over the cedar trees and stuff like that. Eric can attest to this. It's still in the approach, but needed to catch fish faster than that. I'm only fishing for a few bass. It's a pattern style setup, and I wasn't going to get enough bites on that spook because I couldn't cover enough water with it. You have to pick up a faster bait. The spinner bait is a very effective bait because you can burn it, and it's a popular way to catch them right now, especially as the water starts to cool off here at Tibra. So I chose a uh, Lucky Strike Frantic Frog, which is a toad-style bait and a Zoom Horny Toad because I ran out of my Frantic Frogs. It's a new lure that Lucky Strike got out and I can cover tons of water. The cool thing about that is I can throw it on my 7.6 waft flipping stick, a 7-1 Johnny Morris carbon light reel and 50 pound maximum braid. I can throw it a mile, I can reel it super fast and I can go through a pocket so much faster than sitting there and working a spook or a walking bait back to the boat. So that was the key was getting in front of more fish by fishing faster and more water. And still taking a long time to really get those first bites moving in the afternoon so you're catching like you know five maybe seven eight fish a day it sounds like and let's face it man for most anglers that's very tough to do but james obviously by sticking with it it really made a big difference for you for some of the bass edge listeners that are like hey what's the difference between a toad and a frog and a frog versus a toad james can you kind of explain that a little bit for us i mean i know there's a lot of people out there that wonder well a frog is a toad and a toad's a frog right that's right Kurt. when professional anglers like myself and you we can talk in a different language than the average person or somebody that doesn't really follow bass fish and doesn't understand all the bingo. The difference between a toad and a frog is simply this. A frog floats and sits on the surface and it can be walked, popped, chugged, and so on and it doesn't sink. A toad is a plastic bait that does sink and needs to be reeled on top of the water or slightly under the water in order for it to be effective. It's a sinking bait. So a toad something that you reel, a frog something that floats and you can let it sit. It would be similar to maybe the difference between a spook and a buzzbait. Is that safe to say, James? Yes. So before we head to break, I want to quickly jump ahead to the Bassmaster Classic qualification because obviously in uh, competitive fishing, you know, this is the ultimate quest, much like the Forestwood Cup. And Grand Lake certainly is not too far from our roots there in central Missouri. And I'm going to say that you're now one of the top five favorites to win because I know certainly you've spent a lot of time down there. How are you going to prepare for an event of that magnitude? One, I've never lost sleep in anything I've ever done in my life, but here in the last few weeks since this all happened, 
and it's really all I can think about. And you got this really good gut feeling <laughs> that you get. I got that, and I've had that since hours before I actually got enough fish to win with the Derby. I'm going to put a lot of effort in December. I'm not going over there in November. I'm waiting till December. I'm going to put a lot of effort in there, and I'm not afraid to say this. I've got a lot of friends that are really good sticks around here that I've already said they're willing to help me, show me a few things, or give me a few pointers, or show me a zone that I need to look at. And you know, when you got five or six buddies that you know real well that are hammers and don't give you no BS, they've just added some stuff to my game. Well, and that and, kind of and, says a lot about, too, James, that uh, you're always in a position to learn, that you're not too proud to say, hey, I've got it all figured out because I just won a six-figure paycheck with BASS. Yeah, you can throw all that garbage in the bank. The day you stop learning something as a bass fisherman, you might as well go sell all your crap and get out of business. I have to work. I'm not a natural bass fisherman. I have to work at everything I do, put all the pieces of the puzzle without leaving one out to do well in any tournament. And my results are just that. You can see I, I averaged a 90th place finish or 92nd place on the tour this year. Last year, I was 75th. The year before that, I was 23. I'm not a natural. I'm not your one percenter. I'm not Steve Reese, Brandon Ayler, Ish, Brandon Polonick. Mike Nelly, Brian Thrift, Andy Montgomery. I'm just not a natural, so I have to work at everything I do. Now, I'm not the type of person that calls ahead and seeks local knowledge at tournaments. I do that all on my own. Robbie Dobson and I put our brains together and try to help each other formulate a pattern to see what success we'll have. I'm not afraid to say I'm not going to be able to win the Classic in March because generally it's a jerkbait deal. Even though I was talking about what I consider the best jerkbait fisherman ever, my dad, Bill Watson, and his partner, Rick Holmden, in the 70s and 80s, I'm not a good jerkbait fisherman. So I have to rely on somebody that's stronger than me at jerkbait fishing to help me win the Classic. I can't do it on my own. Sounds like you got a great game plan coming up, buddy. Hey, I got to ask you a quick question. I know you like to give Biffle a hard time. Have you talked to him since you won the tournament and uh, kind of said, hey, man, uh, I guess I'll see you on the bank at Grand? <laughs> no. I, he, he was heartbroken after Gibson when your chances of winning Gibson went away and now he had to rely on Table Rock and, and Tommy and I are good friends. We visited a lot before practice here, during practice here and Tommy and Brent Ayler and Ish were the first to call me and congratulate me and uh, Biffle of course gave me more of a hard time about winning and, and cheating him out of his dream of making right, the classic right. again. But, well, I, and I'm like, I yeah, saw- I, really, I really cheated you. I feel bad for you, Biffle. <laughs> I, I'm sure that you do in some respects and other respects. You're happy to go ahead and take his place out there. So hopefully it works out. Hey, gentlemen, we got to pause for a brief moment. Bass Edge Radio will return shortly with Sergeant First Class, James Watson. Eventually, it's going to happen. You'll turn the key and your engine won't start. Don't lose your ability to get around. Visit O'Reilly Auto Parts for a super start battery. Whether it's a reliable economy, hardworking premium, or powerful extreme, you'll find it at an everyday low price. Don't let a dead battery slow you down. Visit O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Bass Edge Radio, presented by MegaWare Keelguard, returns with professional angler James Watson in the Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. Lucas Oil high-performance marine products, from real oils to two-cycle outboard oil that surpasses all manufacturers' requirements. Visit them at lucasoil.com. It works. All right, James, I have a couple questions. I got to fire at you. Want to get a little bit more info on what makes you tick. 
MLF the last couple of years we've been hanging out a little bit seeing more of each other man I see your rig I kind of know your sponsor portfolio you know you got this fine looking ladies picture all over your truck enlighten me buddy what's going on there Hey, have you ever seen a World War II bomber plane that didn't have pinup girls? <laughs> I, I actually, I guess I haven't paid much attention. Aaron, have you? Oh, oh yeah, they're always displayed in fine fashion, Kurt. That's right. All my truck and my boat are fashioned after my military background and my support for the military. It's fashioned after a War II Army plane, and on each side of my truck and each side of my boat is a different pinup girl. That's all that is. Jimmy Houston gives me. A hard time all the time. Every time he sees me, he'll pull up and say, James, you know you got naked women on your truck. And that's <laughs> no, they're they're not naked, Jimmy. Look, they're fully clothed. My <laughs> real estate office that I recently retired at just three years ago. It's positioned right outside the front gates of a major army installation there in Fort Leonard, Missouri. And that is just my background and my support to the troops. And it just looks cool. Well, while we are on the subject of military background, you know, next question is, James, I've known you a long time, but I've got to say, I never knew you were a drill sergeant. You know, really? I mean, come on, you're, you're too nice of a guy. I don't see you out there screaming at uh, recruits, you know, yelling down their throat because you've never came across like that. So how did that all come about? Well, it was a military enhancer. I was a career soldier. Some things uh, sidetracked me from my career in the military, making money outside. I started the business that I didn't know I started. It was very successful. Well, I had eight and a half years of active duty in. But the drill sergeant duty coming about, I was a hard charger. I made the ranks real quick in the Army. It was as fun as bass fishing to me. And uh, being a drill sergeant was a career enhancer. So a couple of things in the Army. If you're an Army recruit, it's a plus for promotion to a senior enlisted soldier. If you're a drill sergeant, that's a plus for promotion to senior non-commissioned officer status. And the Ranger tab or Special Forces tab, those are all pluses. And I tried to check as many blocks as I could as a young soldier to make rank in the Army, and drill sergeant duty was one of them. And I loved every minute of it. All right, dude. So one of my favorite lines of all time is... You're scaring me. <laughs> Boy, I only know of two... Two things, and that's steers and queers, and you ain't got no horns. <laughs> tell me. Oh, boy, that is so, scary. Yeah. So tell me, James, you got any good one-liners like that? I mean, you got to have some good one-liners. I don't have any one-liners that we can put on this radio station. <laughs> <laughs> Are not PG-13. We'll just put it that way. You know, they, right. the Army frowned on cussing and carrying on and being that old-school stuff. But you know what? There is some history that needs to be maintained in the U.S. military and the service. A couple of things that I don't understand is all this politically correct crap that we have to abide by. And as we lose history, we lose strength in our military and stuff like that, in my opinion. Well, certainly I didn't mean any any disrespect to anybody there. It's just, no. a, just an old movie line I heard, right? But uh, and yeah. I totally agree with you. To heck with it, political correctness. Hey, I did have a private that actually went to high school with Marilyn Manson. Private Gill was one of my favorite privates in the Army the 1,500 troops that we put us through basic training in my time. I can tell you that that's probably my uh, only story that I want to tell on the radio. <laughs> that's pretty interesting. James, how old are you? I just turned 43 the day after the open win. Sweet. Well, we're the same age, dude. It seems like you've got like, I don't know, it seems like you've lived like
like five lives, man. You got all kinds of stuff going on. One of the new things that you've got going on over this last year is uh, a little bit of hosting with the MLF. Of course, you're a competitor on the Major League Fishing Selects, but when the uh, MLF Cups go on, sometimes That's you're doing Major League things. Fishing for those that don't know the acronym. <laughs> <laughs> I said yeah. Major League Fishing. No, Aaron, you've got dirtiness in your mind. Uh, <laughs> anyway. So you've got this new hosting gig, man. So do you see a bigger future in that arena? I don't know. Uh, I think uh, the Major League Fishing guys felt sorry for me in my first two events because I fished so poorly <laughs> that they had to find a way to give me some more TV or webcast time. So no, really what it boils down to is my dynamic personality and good looks. That's yeah. right. That's right. And that's, and that's why Kurt so, is trying to recruit you for his new website, of which he'll talk to you more about off air. Uh, off air? Okay. I, I one of those websites right there. Ex- exactly. It's just everything. Everybody's one webcam away from being a star. You know that, right? I hear you. Uh, you know what? I know more about the business side of things than I do the actual fish catching side of things. And I've got some really good tutelage from my buddy Ish. He's been in the business of bass fishing for a long time. And I don't want to get off on a rant and a tangent here. But in order for us as fishermen, as professional anglers, full-time professional anglers, not just the jersey-wearing anglers, we have to make a living. It's not just by catching bass. It's by endorsing products. It's by putting yourself out there, getting yourself on television, get yourself in print advertisement, being on the websites, and garnishing at fan base. And that's a full-time job for me. And any opportunity that I get to be in front of my sponsors or on TV for my sponsors is supposed to enhance my pocketbook. And it doesn't always do that. So this is a really frustrating business. I appreciate Major League Fishing getting at least 48 of us out there in the general public more on television because our other platforms are failing at that. And I'm not afraid to say that. For other platforms, you have to be a one percenter or you have to be the tournament winner to get any recognition for your sponsors nowadays. We can't make any money doing that. We can't make any money as fishermen either when every Everybody in the world that's ever owned a fishing rod and has a bass boat and can go to Gemini or Rages and buy a jersey calls himself a professional angler. That's where our sport's gone to, and it's hard to make a living as a professional angler. Man, James, that's, uh, I'm glad that you expressed that. I think it's really important for people to hear, and uh, I just got to throw this out there that uh, I, I couldn't agree 100% more. Aaron, what do you think? Buddy? Well, no, I mean, you know, leading up to the, before we jumped on the phone with you, James, Kurt and I was having this very conversation this morning, how the sponsor pool is getting smaller. It's becoming very diluted with exactly what you speak of, and I kind of compared to a natural resource. You know, there's only so many guys that have the certain skill and the desire to go out there and do what you and Kurt do. And I'm telling you, everybody thinks that it's a glamorous job and there is no glory in being a professional angler because from one end of the spectrum to the other, you're your own schedulers, you're your own PR person. You've got to be a halfway mechanic. You know, you got to be able to then go out there and catch them. There's no other job that I can think of that requires so much skill and so many hours and so much time and knowledge and then expect it to all come together and be a success, right? Yeah. That's right. And expect it to always have a smile on your face and be willing to go to Joe's tackle shop over here for a Tuesday night seminar 12 hours from your house because your sponsor needs you there. It's not everything it cracked up to be. I'm not trying to rob the, the grassroots angler. I was a grassroots angler. I did central programs. Redman's now BFLs. I did all that and I worked my way up through the ranks. I put my money in the bank 
I made sure, just like when I go to Vegas, I take what money to Vegas and I'm willing to leave there. Same thing in bass fishing. If well, I can't afford to lose it, I'm not going to go. Well, you know, they say that uh, the easiest way to become a millionaire in uh, bass fishing is to start with two million. That's and, right. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and, but the thing is, guys, let, let's face it. We all at some capacity, and certainly you and Kurt, way more so than me. Trying to change that in the eyes of a child who looks up at you and, and, you know, is sitting there with a smiling face and dreams about being like you or Kurt. Those conversations, you know, it's it's kind of something that you agreed to take on. The reality is our sport is certainly not getting any cheaper, and yet the financial support is dwindling. And and that's generally a direction or a recipe that is not a real good long-term business model. Guys, I know I know Jay Kumar and the Bass Blaster is a host of your show as well, and, and this is something that Jay would probably get a kick out of. What our sports boil down to is our sponsors, the product sponsors, are the pushers, and us bass fishermen, we're the users, we're the junkies. And this sport is bad as drugs. It, and it don't matter the discount we do get or don't get. It don't matter because guess what? All three of us on this phone right now, we're going to go fish tomorrow. It doesn't matter. Well, hey, man, this has been a great little conversation. And, uh, James, I'm glad you kind of brought us off on this tangent. But uh, I'll tell you what, this whole thing could turn into an entire another episode. And maybe we'll head that way. And, James, when we do, we'll definitely invite you back. But for now, let's get back to fishing. We've got our O'Reilly Auto Parts Better Parts, Better Prices Every Day listener question for this episode. James, this question was sent in by Henry Ramirez. And Henry asks, what are your thoughts and experiences? experiences with the plastic lure color called cotton candy and i'll add to henry's questions what are your go-to plastic colors and why well i like to keep plastic simple let me tell you about the cotton candy though i found one good use for cotton candy and that's in the springtime on the spawn and shortly after the freshest post-spawn start it's very visible bait in clear water. It's got a lot of sparkle and glimmer to it. It gets a fish's attention. It's very unnatural, and it's a great bait to throw on beds and around bats that are cruising the banks. That's the best time and only time I'll ever use cotton candy. Now, Kurt, on your follow-up on that question, plastic colors, I like to keep them simple. Green pumpkin, green pumpkin, black and blue, black and blue, green pumpkin, black and blue, green pumpkin. <laughs> there you go. That's awesome. All right, Henry, yeah. Henry. There you got it. That's uh, James's answer to uh, the cotton candy question, and we appreciate you sending in that question for Bass Edge Radio. Henry, be sure to email us via support at bassedge.com and let us know you heard your question answered on the show, and we'll send you that one hundred dollar O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card. And just a reminder right. to all Bass Edge listeners: send in your question to possibly win that one hundred dollar o'reilly auto part gift card and of course we want to hear your feedback on the show email us via support at bassedge.com or certainly leave us a comment through our social media on facebook or twitter hey guys let me add something about o'reilly's i'm not sponsored by o'reilly's i'd love to be sponsored by o'reilly's i'm a big user of o'reilly auto parts there's nowhere i go as professional angler that I can't find an O'Reilly's to work on my stuff. And you guys know this, but some people will be absolutely amazed how many times we're on the road that we need something for our truck, for a boat, for our troll motor, big motor, it doesn't matter. 
I go and I'm a big user of O'Reilly's Auto Parts. Well, certainly appreciate that uh, non-requested endorsement, James, and you're absolutely correct. <laughs> I've had them replace windshield wipers to batteries to uh, everything else in between to a lawnmower. So really appreciate hey, that. Hey, 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 and they even have one right here in Del Rio, Texas. Well, that's that's, that's pretty good. Del Rio, is that still okay down there, Kurt? What? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I just just making sure you you had to throw in Del Rio, so obviously I figured you must have something you wanted to say about that. Oh, Since man. James yeah, and I, I mean, are reminiscing about you know our hometown and and being from Missouri and all, I just didn't want to leave well, you out of the equation. It just it just yeah. goes to show what James was mentioning. You know, they're all over the road. No matter where you're at, you can find an O'Reilly Auto Parts, and uh, I have visited mine very frequently right here in Del Rio, Texas. That's all that was. <laughs> <laughs> good, good deal. Good deal. I'm glad glad we got that in there, Kurt. So, all right, James. Now that Kurt feels included, uh, just want to let you know, man, it's been a blast working with you. Any final thoughts or words before we close this down? Hey, I would like everybody to uh, follow me on the Facebook machine at James Watson, professional angler. Go and like my page. Don't be afraid to send me a message, ask me questions. I got a guy that helps me. I try to get back to everybody. And also on Instagram at the real James Watson. There you got it. The real deal. No, not the real deal. The real James Watson. Well, congrats again, James, on the uh, Bassmaster Classic bid. Best of luck on Grand Lake next March. Bass Edge Radio returns in a moment. This is BASS Elite Angler Greg Benson, and you're listening to Bass Edge Radio. Now you can order Bass Edge Season 3 on DVD. Own the best resource for tips and techniques in bass fishing as host Aaron Martin tackles lakes across the country with the industry's top pro anglers, including Denny Brower, Boyd Duckett, Randy Howell, and Dave Wolak. This two-disc set includes all 13 episodes. That's over 10 hours of Bass Edge, including interviews, bloopers, and highlights, all for just $19.95. Order online at BassEdge.com. And be sure to check out previously released DVDs like Bass Edge Seasons 1 and 2 and Electronics 101. Bass Edge, Season 3, now on DVD at BassEdge.com. As always, James certainly added to our list of capable anglers, and I'm really happy for him because obviously I've known him for a very long time, but he uh, really came through at that Table Rock event and also delivered really on the information. Yeah, he delivered on the information and, uh, you know, Watson delivers on the entertainment. Very good in all aspects there. One thing I want to mention that I got out of the interview was, uh, you know, the fall fishing. You read a little bit about the literature, then you hear him talk more about how that's set up for him and that, you know, it wasn't a whole lot of bites, but he caught some quality fish, found some tactics that in the fall will produce. I think he gives great tutorial on, you know, some early season fall tactics, which are super important. And depending on where you're at, I know early November, you know, up north, you're moving into winter. But down south, we're still moving into just kind of the meat of fall, really. So uh, be looking for those bait fish, those big gizzard shad. There's going to be fish all through the water column, deep and shallow. But concentrate on what is your strengths, which is what James did fishing that 
that shallow top water type patterns, utilizing the wind for his advantage and really getting out there and having fun fishing. But at the same time, I guess that's why a lot of people deer hunt come the beginning of November. That's absolutely right. And speaking of deer season, just want to throw a reminder, everybody have a great time in the deer woods, but also if you're going to be up in a tree, be sure to wear that safety harness. I can't tell you how many people that I've talked to that at some capacity that has certainly saved a broken bone and possibly a life. So make sure you're strapped in and uh, take those safety precautions just like we do with the personal flotation devices. In the meantime, Kurt, we are done with episode number 219. want to thank our listeners for joining us and certainly James Watson for being on this episode of Bass Edge Radio. Until next time, for Kurt Dove, I am Aaron Martin, and we will see you November 15th for episode 220. So long, everybody. You know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. KeelGuard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. KeelGuard keel protectors. Edge is presented by KeelGuard. For more information on Bass Edge or to shop at the Bass Edge online store, visit BassEdge.com. And be sure to join Kurt Dove and Aaron Martin right here on another episode of The Edge. Brought to you in part by Legend Boats, O'Reilly Auto Parts, Lucas Oil Products, ProtectTheHarvest.com, Mercury Marine, Lowrance, PowerPole, and Rapaholic.com.